Welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we are two very different Jews talking about the same Torah together. Hello, Rabbi Linzer. Hello. Can I call you Dr. Pogrebin? Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I think I should have a doctorate by now or a master's or something. We are in Deuteronomy and we are in Re'e. See. See that I've placed before you two paths. Right. Life see, like as in see with your eyes. We're sort of out of narrative right now. Moses in Deuteronomy has been retelling the whole story of the Exodus leading up to them being about to enter the land of Israel. Uh, but now he's also retelling many of the laws that have been given in the past. The word Deuteronomy actually means the second Deuteronomos, the second law. So we're not in a narrative right now, but just in a very heavy section of laws. Often we hear... Jewish families saying, I want to pass on Jewish values to my kids. But, you know, I would defy most of them to actually say where they mm-hmm. are located. And that's not judgment. That's just <laughs> the reality. Here's right. here's where a lot of them are located, I think, in an ex- extremely kind of definitive way that I at least I find moving. And we are in 1429. Then the Levite, who has no hereditary portion as you have, mm-hmm. and the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow in your settlements, shall come and eat their fill, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the enterprises you undertake. And then in 15.7, if, however, there is a needy person among you, one of your kinsmen in any of your settlements in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, Do not harden your heart and shut your hand against your needy kinsman. Rather, you must open your hand and lend him sufficient for whatever he needs. And then the final one, I think among the strongest, uh, is 1510. Give to him readily and have no regrets when you do so, for in return the Lord your God will bless you in all your efforts and in all your undertakings." I mean, obviously on Mm -hmm. its face, the kind of shot of this is, is that you have to be Compassionate is a directive. It's an instruction to be kind. I see this not as a mandate to be kind. I see this as a mandate to a responsibility to all members of your society, all segments of your society, right? I actually think that the mitzvah of tzedakah is not be nice to people, but it's you have a responsibility to people. That's what I'm reading here in this verse. Compassion seems to me to be like extra credit, like not a fundamental moral obligation. If I wasn't kind but wasn't mean, I didn't really do anything bad. Whereas if I have a responsibility and I'm not living up to it, I've wronged someone. It's kind of like what you do as opposed to what you feel. Like you're saying, I don't really care about what you feel. This is what you need to do. <laughs> right. Which I think is, a, is, you're right. That's very Jewish. It's like, you know, you can feel all the compassion you want, but what are you doing about it? Exactly. You know, you should always act out of kindness because part of the mitzvah of giving tzedakah is not just the money, but it's making the person feel loved and cared for and recognized. That's obviously a core part, but I think that the driver is the responsibility. So charity comes from a Latin word, not that I know Latin, charis, which means love or dear. And it's actually uh, understood to refer to the Christian love of one's fellows. So it's coming, it's almost, you know, similar to the idea of kindness. It comes because I love you because I'm kind to you. And I think that the Jewish word tzedakah comes from the word tzedek, which means justice, that we sort of recognize that a fundamental way that society has to run is that we have to take care of everyone and we have a interconnected responsibility to everyone. The name of the Parsha is C. And that feels like so much of what all of us are hearing right now, particularly from the African-American or black people in our country, which is you need to open your eyes 
You mm. need to open your mm. eyes to what you have not seen or either refused to see or neglected to see or you've only seen what you kind of want to see. Um, mm-hmm. I really I see that kind of challenge here that each of us personally you know, have an obligation to open our eyes and, and then to do something about what we take in. Hmm. And, and, and part hmm. of the strain has been people who have good values, like I hope I do, saying I thought I was seeing and realizing mm. how much I wasn't. Mm. I think that's a great point. I mean, in terms of how it plays out for the poor in this parasha, you know, how many times are people who are right there in our community invisible to us? You know, two blocks down, do we know what's happening? Somebody's asking for money, but really, you know, we don't even see them. So I think that point about seeing, you know, is is right on. And the other thing I'm getting from this in terms of the current moment is some of this sort of structural obligation, societal obligation I was referring to. Like the last verse says, uh, verse 11 of this section, because the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I am commanding you to open up your hand to your brother, to your poor, to the destitute in your land. So why say the poor will never cease? Is it just to say that there's an ongoing obligation? I actually think what the Torah is saying is this is the nature of society. There are going to be people who are rich and there are going to be people who are poor. And you don't look down on the poor. Understand that this is something that we have to constantly be aware of and constantly be figuring out how we're going to fix this. And it's not just charity. It's dignity. I mean, that's something we talked about in a previous Parsha. People are surprised. Mm -hmm. It's not just that you essentially give a handout. It's that you give a hand up, right? That there has to be a way in which you are restoring someone's sense of self by not just making them feel infantilized by, you know, some kind of financial rescue. You're supposed to make sure they have education and a job and equal pay and all of these issues now. I mean, that economic justice goes beyond the temporary band-aid of a check or some coins or some groceries. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that issue about dignity, first of all, the verse is constantly repeating your brother in your land. Like, look at this person as an equal, and nobody should sort of think that they're somehow lesser than me because I'm more well off. It's a fundamental dignity of everybody. And also, you know, Maimonides has a classic list of like the hierarchy of tzedakah. And at the top of the list is giving somebody a job, is not giving them a big check, allowing somebody to maintain their dignity, to be a productive member of society, to be an equal member of society. And even in the Parsha, the Parsha, if you read it closely, doesn't talk about giving a gift of money. It talks about lending money. And lending money is something that I think really also recognize somebody as your equal, somebody who you trust to pay back, not somebody who's just accepting your largesse. You know, as you speak, I'm feeling like it's it's speaking even more to this moment where what you have a lot of black Americans saying is enough with your compassion. Mm. I want I want action. It's like what you said, you know, all of these organizations, whether they are law firms or publishers or fashion designers are being forced to look at their own house. Look at your mm. own house. Who is working there? It's not whether you put a, a black person on the cover of Vogue. It's like, do you have <laughs> black editors? Do you have black photographers? Are they paid mm-hmm. the same? Like these are the questions that are being asked right now. It is not about whether you are feeling our pain. And this feels like it goes right to that. We have to look at our own house and just and say, do people have dignity? Is equality actually made manifest factually as opposed to just emotionally? I think that was perfectly articulated. And uh, maybe that's really a good note to end on. Let's all think about what we can do to live up to the not just kindness, but the mandate of really justice and equality.
That's beautiful. And I'll, I'll end also just because I love the line that you repeated, 1511, for there will never cease to be needy ones in your land, which is why I command you, open your hand. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrubin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Telushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email, Parsha in Progress at tabletmag.com. Thanks for listening.